In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. Hey everyone, welcome back to Quality Matters, where we believe quality matters everywhere from the oil field to our education system. You need the edge of quality in your organization. Thanks for listening as we discuss Quality Matters. What are you making faces for? Make you laugh. Okay, I'm Darcy. I'm Kyle. And I don't know why I'm doing this podcast with him. (laughs) Once upon a time you loved me, maybe not anymore. Yeah, this might be the end of it. (laughs) All right, so today uh, we're going to do an episode based off of a blog. Kyle used to do a blog post, and uh, this one's a pretty... Used to do, because Darcy is now taking over the majority of the blog posts. Oh, yes. I If you haven't seen that, I'm now going to try to do like a follow-up to each one of our episodes. So it'll be a follow-up blog. Um, I'll intend to have it come out on Tuesday and Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday after our episode. But right now I'm trying to go and catch up with a few episodes that we've already done. So I know we've already released one Correct. blog update. I've mm-hmm. sent you another to edit. Yep. So that should be coming out soon-ish. And Maybe. then, so that'll be the goal. We'll get it rolling. Just some thoughts that I typically have after the episode, after we record, and I say, "Oh, I should have said this, and I should have said that." And yep. So, well, and with the one that's coming out for the the recap for anyone that's kind of been listening now for a little bit with the Houston Police Department, it's really, really interesting. So, lots of fun stuff coming and applicable. It refers back yes. to things we discussed in the podcast, so it's not anything out of the blue. So, for this one, this is one of Kyle's oldies. Um, about getting ISO certified and what are the steps? Yes. So folks get asked me kind of like, well, what do I need to get ISO? Which is kind of a, its own funny statement in itself because it's not like you just go to the store and, you know, buy the cert off the shelf. Right. Um, although there actually kind of are a few certifying bodies out there that almost operate that way, but I'm not mentioning names here. <laughs> um any case, that's another story yeah, for another you, time. You just need to stop because we do not badmouth our competitors. No. Well, it's not competitors. These are certifying bodies. These well, are the folks true. I would refer that's to. That's true. Um, but so when you go to, to pick a registrar, it's important. We'll do another podcast on that, I'm sure. But when you get ISO certified or any other standard, whether it's the 9001, the quality standard, or whether you're going to API and you're getting API standard, which is similar but entirely different <laughs> certifying body. Um, well, I mean, Q, the API Q1 quality management standard fully incorporates the 2008 edition of ISO 9001. Okay. And then it just adds a few extra thou shalls into it. So how does it compare then to the 2015 ISO 9001? There's some differences there. The Q1's not as heavy on risk like um, 9001 is. But then you take the Q2 standard, which is uh, largely geared for offshore work, is heavy, heavy, heavy on risk. So the the API world's a little different from the ISO world. Generally, though, I say generally, and people will call me out on this, but generally, a Q1 or a 9001 cert are interchangeable. Okay. 
But Q1 didn't update when ISO updated. Correct. Okay. Correct. But the first thing is you have to get some sort of an initial assessment or gap analysis. Mm -hmm. Now, this can be conducted by an outside company like Texas Quality Assurance. This can be done internally. This is just your initial, let's be honest with ourselves, where are we at versus where we hope to be in 6 months, 12 months, 18 months down the road. Okay, so I kind of want to back up a little bit because we talked about doing this, and the reason we talked about it, I've mentioned several times on our episodes that it all feels so overwhelming. Kyle's pulled out the standards a couple times in front of me, <laughs> and I say, just put it away. I'm not, I can't read one <laughs> sentence. And I'm sure for a company that's never done it before and is not really familiar with it, especially when it falls on the quality manager's shoulders and mm-hmm. they've never dealt with it, yeah. it just seems very overwhelming. It, it absolutely, absolutely can. And we offer a uh, what we call a QMS assessment. It's like a, a four-hour mini-audit Different consulting companies and auditors have similar gap analysis type type tools, but the goal is you, you, we come in and we just we're honest with you. This is everything that we've got to get done, and then you kind of sit down and uh, and make a plan. And this is where so that step one is the gap analysis. So also talking about that, I think I've said we've talked about it before on our episodes. It's hard to have you can have someone internally do it, but it's hard to really be honest with yourself it is it is it's a lot easier for someone like me or you know anyone on our team to to step in and tell you and tell the management team and the sales team and the engineers easier for us to tell you everything that we see wrong but there are still some organizations where if you if you hire a competent person to come in and do the quality work or you send them to trainings um like we're offering these days as well um, you can get that person qualified, but you really got to have the right culture to be willing to take that internal criticism. Oh, and criticism. that's another episode I'm anxious to talk about is culture. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the first step is just to, to have the gap analysis. And it, it sounds like a technical term. It's really nothing but a top-level audit to see what your major, major what holes are. What do you mean are. by top-level? Um, we're not going to go into every detail of the work instructions. We're not going to go into every detail of your weld specifications. We're not okay. going granular. So when you say top level, I think like this is the highest best we can do. But I knew that a gap analysis isn't really that. So top no. level means we're not digging deep into exactly. everything. Yeah, Got we're it. not digging deep. We just want to know know what we're looking at. So um, once we have the gap analysis, I see, then we do a consultation. Yes. you, you need, Really, it, it's best to bring in an outside consultant. I got my start by doing it myself. I can tell you from very personal experience, it would have been much better had I had an outside consultant to kind of walk me through things and and help me with those dead ends and the rabbit holes that you go down. Um, but you really want to go through this consultation process. And folks ask, well, how long does that take? And it does vary, but I would say on average, it's about a six to nine month process to implement the system if all hands are on deck. So you're th- talking about starting from the ground up? Yeah. Okay. If they've got nothing in place already. Absolutely nothing. And depending on the company and the culture there, having something in place might actually cause it to take longer because bad habits mm, are harder true. to break. Than creating good ones. So the consultation is where you're going to build up their processes, their procedures, write the quality manual, get yeah, everything exactly. like 
put everything in place that they need to get yep. ISO certified. And one of the requirements of um, any certifying body that comes out is they want to see minimum three to six months of records. So if you're talking about, well, we need to get ISO certified in three months because our, our biggest customer said we have to have it, that's going to be real difficult to do unless you've already been running a good informal quality management system. And then and, you can connect that to right. what you write for them. Exactly. Gotcha. Um, so you want to go through this consultation process. Again, it's it's three to six month long process. If done done well, I'm sorry, a six to nine month yeah. process. If done well and worked hard and you're diligent at it. Because let's be honest, you're going to spend the first three months just fumbling around trying to get your procedures in order. Then three months trying to actually run them, and they've got and about editing another, them. Yeah, and they've got another three to three to four months of actual real documentation, mm-hmm. which is is what you need. Um, then you schedule an internal audit. The internal audit is where we dig deep. That is where we want to find the minutia of all the problems that we can find in your system. Um, the amount of days that you need for an internal audit varies from the size of the company and the complexity and i'll go ahead and uh publish in the show notes here our internal notes of our estimates of how long that you should have to have for an internal audit Mm -hmm. again it can vary uh, depending on the complexity of the company if you're uh largely just a distributor uh you have fewer processes um not to downplay the importance of the processes but they're a little less complex in a company that's doing so it doesn't take as long for the internal audit Okay, so let me ask you this. We talked in the gap analysis how it's helpful to have an outside person come do that, which could be you. Mm-hmm. Then you could come do the consultation for six to nine months with them, help them write their procedures. Now it's time to do an internal audit. I know that we do internal audits, but we do we do internal audits on the same people that we consulted for and helped them write their procedures? Because that seems kind of like we just talked about gap analysis. You need an outside person. If you just sat and spent Mm -hmm. six to nine months writing these procedures and then you're going to go audit them yourself, seems like you'd want somebody else to do that. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. And this is where, for us, if I'm the one doing the majority of the consultation work uh, for the client... I am not going to be the member of our team that's going to do the internal audit and vice okay. versa. Gotcha. So we have other members of the team that will come in and do the internal audit for Exactly. Them. And that's how you can maintain that uh, objectivity mm-hmm. because you still run, you, you're exactly right. It's a great point that you brought up is if I did the consultation work and I've worked with this client for nine months or 12 months and then I go in and I do the internal audit myself – it's, it's a little difficult to maintain objectivity, and a different person is going to catch things that I missed. Right. Even if we have the and exact... And we have a really great internal auditor on our team. We do. She's she's phenomenal. She, yeah. She's phenomenal. Yeah, so she can fill that gap for you. So, yeah, you go through the internal audit, um, and it's going to reference things in the gap analysis, and it's going to look for all the various inputs that are required um, by the standard, talk to a lot of uh, folks on the floor, gather a lot of objective evidence, and the output of that is is findings, either they're minor or major findings. Um, and I think I've got um, a post on that somewhere. If not, that'll be one I need to put out. Which soon. at this point is not a big deal, because no. this is still somebody that's on your side, looking to get help you get it right. Exactly. So so don't don't get upset if you have ten or twenty findings on your internal audit. Be thankful that yes. you found them now. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and I've had folks say, well, what if we don't have it all fixed by the time? The ISO auditor shows up. That's okay, too. 
a lot of times it can be actually. Yeah. And and I say this because I myself do uh, the third party audits for a couple of registrars, uh, certifying bodies, and provided this isn't a glaring hole in the system, like your corrective action system, you didn't create any corrective actions before the internal audit, and no one knew about the system. There's no way around that. You, right. you, you got to fix that. Um, but maybe it's some issues with processing paperwork for the uh, final acceptance checklist before the product goes out the door. And you have an action plan in place when the auditor shows up, um, but you just haven't had a chance to really verify everything. A lot of times that stuff can roll through. Uh, what your auditor is likely going to do is he will make a note, and he's going to come next year, and he's going to grow your heart on it next year. Right. But he'll probably let you go through as this As long year. as they know you're working on it. Kind of thing. Oh, hang on. Sorry, my phone decided to talk to me for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading the, the post off my phone and uh, I decided to, to talk. <laughs> it's always interesting on these things. Well, we really appreciate y'all listening to us. <laughs> yeah, I'm not real sure what I did here. We might edit some of this out. <laughs> All right, so after the internal audit, then we go on to a management review. I've heard you talk about this an awful, awful lot. Yes. And I've never really understood what it is. <laughs> the management review is kind of the capstone event prior to getting certified and the capstone event of your quality management system every year. A lot of companies, maybe most companies, do a single big comprehensive management review once a year. There's nothing wrong with doing it that way. It's definitely a lot easier to prepare for and keep up with. And you look at everything. And when I say you look at everything, is the internal audit probably provides half of the input for your management review because your internal audit touches everything, right? But in the management review, we're going to gather the management team together as top management decides is, is necessary. And we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about customer satisfaction. We're going to talk about defect rates. We're going to talk about on-time delivery. We're going to talk about the status of those corrective actions that aren't yet closed out. And one of the key components of that initial management review is the management team has to sign off and say, we recommend going for certification. And that okay. needs to be an output of that management review. In these terms of input-output, they're really not anything complicated. An input is anything that you bring into the meeting to review, and the output is the results of any notes or action items. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really that simple. The outputs in the management review, we make sound like it's a big complicated thing. It's literally a to-do list written on a Word document. <laughs> I mean, that's it. <laughs> that's simple. Yeah, it's, it's really, really pretty simple. But I think what's important that you said there is that the top-level management has to sign off saying, yes, we agree we're ready to go for the certification. Because so oftentimes I feel like it's handed to the quality manager and the top-level management just kind of washes their hands of it and says, okay, you deal with this. I might be having flashbacks here. <laughs> yeah, you're giving me some dirty looks. I thought I had said something wrong because no. he was looking so mad at me. But I And so then they kind of wash their hands of it, and then the quality manager, who oftentimes has no say in the budget and right. how things change mm-hmm. and the culture and all yeah. these things, is stuck with this huge thing that they don't really have the authority to change. So I like that management has to sign off on it. Yeah, it absolutely, absolutely do. Um, I'll be honest, generally speaking, it's quality manager that assembles the management review. Um, 
And a lot of times maybe it is best for him to be the organizer and maybe the person that puts everything into the document and the PowerPoint because he speaks the language. But you should be able – the sales guys should be digging to get their satisfaction data. You know, shipping, receiving, or inside sales should be digging to find your on-time delivery. You know, operations should be digging to get those defects. Right. Rates. I totally agree that everybody has their place, and the brunt of it is going to fall on the quality manager. I'm saying I'm glad that the management team has to sign off because they often just turn it over yeah. to the quality manager, not knowing that the sales team has a part right. of it, or shipping and receiving has a part of it, or purchasing has a part of it, and they don't realize what all is involved. So I'm glad that that's a part of obtaining certification. I conducted an audit last year where when I went to top management, they had no memory of the management review itself. I don't doubt that. They had no idea it had occurred. I'm sure they sit in on a meeting and they sign the paperwork and that's it. Yeah, they had no idea it had occurred. And so I did some digging and turned out that what they did is they included the management review as I think it was something like 20 slides of a 300-slide PowerPoint oh, presented wow. to corporate. Wow, that's and interesting. And so they went through every aspect of the business, and these 20-something slides in there was, was the management review. And so that was their, their management review. Now, this was okay. an internal audit, and so I gave them well, my recommendations. Good. They still, they still <laughs> have that. Okay, we got to keep it moving. Sure. So after we do the management review, now we're going to do a stage one audit. Yes. Stage one is what they call readiness review. Uh, stage one audit is it's a chance for the certifying body to come in and say, are you auditable? Should we go through with this? Should we have you incurred the expense for the full audit? And it, they give you a chance to, to get your stuff together um, before they slap you with a lot of nonconformities. Okay, so this would sort of be like a gap analysis yes. for uh-huh. the registra- registering body. Yes, exactly. Okay. And I've done audits um, to where the stage one and stage two were back to back. That's very uncommon. But if the company really has their act together, they can request a stage one, stage two be back to back. It's pretty confident. You have to be. And in the cases where I've done that, they had every right to be confident. Good. All right, then we move on to a stage two audit. Yeah, this is your official certification audit. Um, usually it's about four to six weeks after the stage one, because um, generally the auditor gives you some feedback of things you need to, to take care and of. You need some time to fix it. Yeah, and so that's a stage two audit. The time frame of how long the audit takes is actually very similar, often oftentimes identical to uh, the timeline we quote for the internal audit. Um, so it's it's a very similar audit to the internal audit, just from a, a, the perspective of a different professional, right? Uh, with a different kind of lens. Once you go through that audit, you have to complete all of your um, corrective actions for any findings. And there's a myth that their auditor has to leave with a finding. That's not true. The auditor doesn't have to have a finding. I have left certification on a stage two audits with no findings before. I've also left with three or four findings before. Right. Um, so it just really depends on the company. But the point is to not be scared if they leave with findings because you have an opportunity to correct those. Yeah, you've got 30 days to correct minor findings, 60 days to correct major findings. Make sure you get it done in the time frame. If you feel as though they left a finding that you don't agree with, you can file a complaint. They all have the same process, and you can file for an appeal. 
Um, That's interesting. How often do people file for an appeal? Do you know? I haven't had it happen to me. Um, I will say that myself and any other auditor that I've, uh, I've had the opportunity to work with as a you know, the capacity of certifying body, um, I really wouldn't care if they filed an appeal. I mean, in fact, I mean, it's your system. You don't want to do extra work. I almost see it that the quality manager has a duty to file an appeal if he doesn't believe in it. Yeah. Don't argue with your auditor. <laughs> don't. Don't argue with him. Just file an appeal. Just file an appeal. He's not going to take offense to it but if he sees a finding he's gonna find it and mm-hmm. that's it yeah um but yeah so you're gonna have the stage two audit once you get all of that completed and only after you get it completed and turned in it's generally a two to four week sometimes a little bit longer process and they'll issue the certificate so all in all if we add up from the gap analysis through getting your cert it's about a nine to twelve month process so plan ahead plan ahead it, it's not a short undertaking and then yearly, I know they have to get, don't they have to get recertified yearly, annually? No, they do a surveillance audit for the second, first year. They do a surveillance audit for the second year. Surveillance audit means that they're going to audit all the same stuff they did in stage one, all the core stuff, right? Uh, we're going to look at your management system, your audit program, your corrective actions. But then we're going to cherry pick what we look at the first year. And they were going to look at everything else the second year. Okay. So you get shorter audits on year, uh, the, the second and third year. And then after that, it's a full audit again. So do companies need an internal audit every year before the registrar comes out? Every year, period. No every exceptions. Every, every process in your business has to be audited every year. By not a registrar. Correct. But internal yeah. audit. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. All right, so that's the steps to not getting ISO certified. What do you say? Obtaining well, to becoming certified. To becoming certified. Becoming certified. Yeah. yeah. And those are the steps, according to Kyle. Yes. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. Please send us a review. You can find us on iTunes, QMCast.com, and Google Play. And we're on Spotify now. And we're on Spotify now. Yes, Kyle Spotify. seems to be proud of that. That's yes. a big deal, I guess. <laughs> Uh, and you can check out the blog through the mm-hmm. website, texasqualityassurance.com. You can contact us through the website or LinkedIn. We'd love to hear from you. And we're still orphans looking for a sponsor. You can contact us for that, too. All right. Thank you. All right. I'm going to say we're ready. Let's see if I can get the intro right. I'm Probably already, not. I'm already under pressure. Can't do it.